on episode number 60 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble speaks with two incoming ordinands, a deacon and an elder, about the challenges and opportunities facing new ordinands serving the church in a changing world. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trimble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church, with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. This is the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. This is episode number 60 of the podcast, part two of a two-part podcast, where Bishop Tremble and I talk with the incoming deacon, and an incoming elder in the ordination class of 2023. In this episode, we discuss the challenges and the opportunities facing the United Methodist Church with our guest, Reverend Matt Sherrill, who's on the pastoral staff at the Carmel United Methodist Church in Carmel, Indiana, where he is an incoming deacon, and Reverend Denise Robinson, who is the lead pastor at the Irvington United Methodist Church in Indianapolis, and she is an incoming elder. And of course, Bishop Tremble and myself are part of this conversation of four pastors discussing ordination. And we hear from uh, all of us in this conversation on a, on a range of topics, including the confirmation, to helping to bring better disciples, discipleship to young people, supporting our next generation of young people into the church, we also emphasize and explore how the church can stay true to its mission, including facing political and social unrest, the importance of showing grace and mercy, and finding new and innovative ways to connect with our communities. Bishop Trumple and I and our guest talk about the importance of not being diverted in our opportunities for mission. We talk about the breakthrough prayer movement and through diversity in our communities and all the various challenges that we face, particularly as new ordinands, new clergy into the church, uh, seek to spread love and grace in Jesus Christ to the world. And so I think you're going to find great benefit in this. This is part two of a two-part episode. This is episode number 60. On episode number 59, which is already in our in our podcast feed, 
we talk about the honored ordination process, reflection, and preparation. We hear the ministry stories of Matt and Denise, and you want to go back and to hear that. Among the topics we cover in today's podcast are Reverend Cheryl, Matt Cheryl's passion for discipleship and ministry of youth. We hear about Reverend Denise Robinson's view on being on not being diverted from the mission of loving God and serving others. And we hear Bishop Trimble talk about the message of God's love for all people and acknowledging the challenges in the world and in our United Methodist Church. This is a fascinating conversation. You're going to want to hear it as we go into the ordination process, the ordination season, and welcome not only Matt Cheryl and Denise Robinson into uh, being a deacon and elder, but a number of other new clergy who come into the fold to serve our diverse and changing United Methodist Church. I look forward uh, to for everyone to hear this conversation and to get connected and learn more about these tremendous people. Let's get into our conversation today with Reverend Matt Sherrill, Reverend Denise Robinson with Bishop Tremble and myself. As we pick up the conversation, I'm asking Matt and Denise, what are they looking forward to in ordination and what are they a bit hesitant about? Well, Denise and Matt and Bishop, you are being commissioned and committed to ministry. You're already in ministry. You're going to continue to serve in your your places here in Carmel, Indiana and Indianapolis, Indiana. And your, what are you looking forward to moving forward as in your ordination? And maybe what is something you kind of are hesitant about or maybe dread a little bit? Matt, start with you. I just enjoyed the whole process. I mean, getting to know other pastors. So to me, just uh, continuing to connect with them in the conference is really exciting. I'm always just looking forward to kind of what's next in ministry, you know, with students, the things we're doing to disciple them, particularly with confirmation. That's kind of a passion of mine is to kind of rethink how we do that. So just excited to see these young people continue to grow, to be mentored, and then eventually to become mentors and disciple, you know, disciple people themselves. Excited for the church and just what future holds. I think that we have a great opportunity here just to establish ourselves, to, to have a clear identity in who we are as disciples and have an impact on the world. Our job is pretty clear, and that's just to continue to preach Jesus. What I'm worried about is just, yeah, all the stuff kind of going on in our world, in our society, uh, a challenge, a struggle, and how the church responds to that. Are we going to continue just to do what we've always done, or are we going to be able to adapt and to meet the needs of, of people? Maybe they don't want to be at the church or in the church, so uh, hopefully we can find ways to, to move forward and reach people where they are and not always expecting them to come to us, but that's a, it's a huge challenge. It's going to take a lot of work. Pastor Denise, your thoughts about what are you looking forward to, what excites you, what jazz you about moving forward, and uh, maybe some hesitancy you might have about some things. Well, I'm looking forward to another year here at IUMC. I never thought, I guess when I thought about going into ministry, I never thought that I'd be appointed to an inner city, kind of inner city Indianapolis church. Irvington is inside the Beltway. It's a very diverse community. Being on the East Washington Street corridor, there's a lot of need around our church. And it has presented its challenges, but at the same time, a lot of joy in the church. We, we've worked hard to make connections with the community that where we've been lacking. I mean, we, we've got a food pantry now or a food closet. We've got a clothing closet. Uh, this evening, 
We have a exercise class and a free community dinner, kind of a dinner church concept. And so I'll be getting ready for that at about five o'clock tonight. We've started a couple of Bible studies and we also have worked. The next big thing is we've worked on the basement area of our church and we're opening it up to the community, calling it the commons. Some open mic nights and some other forums for community events and ultimately another form of worship service. Uh, down in the basement of the church, too. We're on a what's called an island. We're on the North Circle here north of Washington Street. People just know us as the church on the North Circle. They don't know, really know us by name. But we're getting the reputation that when you need prayer, when you need help, when you need somebody to listen, go to that big church on the North Circle. And that's that's the reputation that we want to have, that we reach out to the community. But there's also... Uh, where do we go from here? Irvington, there's, um, we look at the news and when you look at the east side of Indianapolis in the news, it's not always a safe neighborhood. There are challenges, especially with an older congregation. How do we reach out and, and engage with our community when the community sometimes can present a danger? Well, those are things that we're constantly looking at because of the issues of alcoholism and drug abuse and mental health issues, poverty and so forth that exist around our church. So that's the challenge. Sure. But Bishop, what do you see as the opportunities though? What's the, I guess I would have put it this way, Bishop, you know, you see the little bit of the broader picture, the bigger picture, not only in the United Methodist Church in Indiana, but beyond that even, what do you see as the opportunities for a new elder and a new deacon moving forward in their ministry context and, and beyond? What opportunities are before them? What can God do through these folks? I think uh, most of our limitations are self-imposed. I think one of the things God can do is, and we, this is picking up across the conference right now, is breakthrough prayer. Uh, I would invite both Matt and, and Denise to, if your congregations have not embraced the, the whole breakthrough prayer movement, uh, to, to think about, you know, how do we pray our way to what God wants us to do next? So I did my D-Men project, Brad. I was just thinking, I'm looking at Matt and Denise. Uh, years ago, my D-Men project was on on creating partnerships between city and suburban churches for mission for missional outreach. And I served, a, I served at the time, I was serving inner city church, and we had a partnership with three, there were three there were three congregations, all United Methodists in different parts of Cleveland, Ohio. One was where one was outside of the city in a suburb. That we all had similar demographics in terms of the base of our congregations were older, but we had vibrant youth ministries and other activities. But we lived in different kind of different worlds in the same city. Three pastors got together and decided, you know, what are the ways in which we can have both conversation and, and commun experience community together? Because uh, we, you know, a lot of times what we do with, we would do mission projects. We would leave the leave the city and go out somewhere else, or, or you know, go go to the the kind of known mission to the campsites and do things. And we decided there are, there are conversations and opportunities for doing things together. So I'm just looking at Matt and Denise. I'm not suggesting that you need to do this. You may already be doing something, but sometimes we can have conversations with with our colleagues who are in different places and say, hey, is there a time that we might be able to come together and learn from each other? I, I think a lot of opportunities I think take advantage of and some of the work I, I happen to know both that uh, Pastor Denise and Pastor Matt in their local, they're already doing great things. So 
So I'm, I celebrate that. One of the things I do do say is that in our denomination, a shifting or a sifting and shifting, because there's a significant number of churches that are disaffiliating, which leaves a, still a majority of our congregations that, that are remaining United Methodist, focusing on making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And I think this is an opportunity to lean into what God has for us next. Matt kind of mentioned it. You know, what does it mean for us not to just go to church and try to get people to church, but what does it mean for us in this season to be the church for people who maybe they've been experiencing us online, but they're they're not going to be coming to our church. We can do ministry, uh, feed them, have meals. They may never join our church. So how might how might we redefine ourselves or or, or ask God to use us in a way in which we can be church more in more profound ways in the world. We need not, be, you know, we need not be, be conformed to the world, but we do need to, we need to be sufficiently in the world. I'm thinking of this book, uh, uh, John Wesley for the 21st century it says, we have to recognize that Wesley was both a social and political and ecclesiastical conservative. He encouraged Methodists to embrace the general rules, and he called he called them to resist evil and do good. Those are open-ended statements. There are no limits on resisting evil and doing good. Therefore, here's here's something. Therefore, when we notice that we are providing food for larger numbers of people each week at food bank, we can rejoice that we are feeding the hungry. But sometimes we need to do more than that. We need to ask. Why are there so many more people who are hungry? What's happening that they cannot earn a living and feed their families? Is there a fatal flaw in the current economic system that works against these people being able to make enough money to buy food? Wesley may not have raised the question in exactly that way, but he did set out to both provide immediate relief and work to bring about social change so that the relief would not be necessary. So when we think about scriptural and social holiness, you know, Wesley was very much, he very much committed to prayer and to piety, but also for, 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 for Methodists being people who actually did something about the pain that people experience on a regular basis. And I praise God for, for these two pastors and their, their ministry and their leadership uh, as we move forward in the United Methodist Church. With all of our diversity, with all of our flaws and foibles, God is still using us in mighty ways. Indeed, God is using us in mighty ways. We look forward to Denise and Matt doing just that. And yet, uh, as I mentioned a couple of times here, we are we live in anxious times in our world, uh, politically, socioeconomically. Uh, there's wars, there's famine, there's bad stuff happening. There's crime, as we've uh, mentioned here, and yet we, we also have our challenges in our United Methodist Church and disaffiliation and other things like that. And uh, so, Denise, I'd be interested in how you approach these challenges, both within the church. Maybe you have to deal with folks sometimes who have different feelings or different thoughts about theology or about uh, racial matters or about uh, human sexuality, any number of things that become hot buttons and that sometimes cause some people say, hey, why, are, why is our church still in UMC? Or how are you approaching some of these anxious times as you move forward the next step of your ministry, Denise? Well, obviously, um, questions about what is happening 
not just in society, but in the United Methodist Church. Those questions come up in the church. And I think that my focus has been to simply remind people that we cannot afford to get diverted from our mission. We have a mission to love God and love others. We can have different opinions when it comes to theological issues, as long as the heart of our message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So my message to my people here at my church and to those that those that ask me that question is, we have enough to focus on. It will take all of our time, all of our effort, if we focus on living into the gospel of Christ. If we allow ourselves to be diverted, we allow the message to be diluted. And that's something that we can't afford to do. You know, It doesn't matter what church we're in. As a faithful follower of Christ, that's what we're called to do. And so in our context, we are going to find different ways to love our community. We are going to find different ways to share the love of Christ with our community. The theological issues where we may have disagreements... We'll allow that disagreement and we'll remember that we, you know, that in essentials, we maintain our unity, but in all things, we maintain our love. Thanks you for sharing that. Matt, you have a specific focus in your ministry on youth ministry. I used to, when I was in youth ministry, I used to say, some people say, youth of the future of the church. I would say, nope, they're the church right now. So we are engaged right now with their lives. But we do live in this world of a lot of distractions and a lot of input uh, lots of data points coming in, including some of the ones we've mentioned about, you know, distractions in the church and society and so on. What's your feeling moving forward, particularly in youth ministry, about how the church can focus on, as Denise said, you know, what is uh, what is true and what is real? But what are your feelings about this as all these distractions come in? Well, I think these students, particularly what we're seeing right now, they're starting to recognize that their phones, especially all these different things are distractions. And so they're very aware of that. They're more open maybe than even several years ago to students. We're seeing the impact that that has on them. We encourage the kids to you know, take a break and just to stop and notice their surroundings, notice people, spend time with them. They love to serve. They love to, to love on people. They are very open-minded, uh, very open to, to all people. And so I'm just encouraged in the ways that they, the ways they listen, the ways they learn, the ways that they want to grow. And, and you're right, like they are the church now. Uh, that gives me great hope because I see the powerful things that they're doing. I continue to learn from them in lots of ways. I mean, uh, I can't keep up with the social media stuff. It's just constantly changing. But um, are, are any of the youth wrapped up at all in some of the adult issues regarding disaffiliation or theology or human sexuality or any of that kind of stuff? Is this impacting uh, youth ministry? Yeah, I would say the... The disaffiliation, I don't think, has ever come up with our students. Uh, they are just kind of, they have so much going on in their lives as it is right now. And as far as, you know, human sexuality and, and all the stuff going on in our society, they see people. They love people. You know, they embrace people for who they are and they, they meet them for, you know, for who they are. And so I think that's, again, another model that Jesus did that we try to encourage is to is to see them people first to have that relationship. It's easy for us to make broad uh, stereotypes or generalizations about uh, groups of people. But when you're in a relationship with someone, uh, maybe that's different than you, that changes everything. So they're exposed to a lot of more diverse kind of experiences than I, I ever was at their age. They just encouraged me in how they just love people. I love, um, what, I love what you're saying, but they see people for people. I love that. Right. I love that, and I think it's a real, a good message that we can learn 
from those folks, you're, from the young people, for us as the church. See people as people instead of labels of whatever it would be, whether it's a socioeconomic thing or a theology thing or a gender or race or whatever. So, yeah. Bishop, I think you've got something else you wanted to mention or ask about these uh, to these folks as we kind of wind down our conversation in the next few minutes here. What What's on your heart that you wanted to share with, with uh, Matt and with Denise? I think I'd like to ask them to continue to to, to push out the message that God loves loves all the people that we serve. Matt, and when you're talking to the young people, right, if I can't make it to your confirmation class, maybe you'll make make sure they get to hear this podcast. But I want I want young people and, and all people to know that God loves you, and that that's not subject to debate or vote or can't be overturned by the Supreme Court, the Judicial Council, the Church Board, or the School Council for that matter. That that's a settled issue. Where there's a there's a pastor, a retired pastor, a retired bishop from the Philippines, Bishop Knockhill, who's written several books about the resurrection. And he got up a few weeks ago at our meeting. We were talking about something, and he got up. And he said, "Friends," he said, "It's been settled." And I, I was thinking, "What is he talking about?" It's been settled. Hey, you know, we just a few weeks ago we celebrated Easter. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Death has been defeated. Sin has been defeated. We have the victory. So it's settled. Many of the things that we are squabbling about or we may be feel bad about or people may on social media say things about me or you or whoever, they're simply not true because some things have already been settled. So, for example, our sacred worth, and I think young people get this in many cases better than we do because my, my experience was maybe a little bit more, uh, my experience was not nearly as broad or deep as some of the things that young people are experiencing today, particularly with social media. Mm -hmm. But also there's a lot of negativity that is that is messaged so quickly that we really need to offset that with the yeah. message that, that God sees us. Everybody wants to know this, that it doesn't matter what age you are. People wanna know that we care before they care how much we know. As Pastor Denise said, it's not about our theology uh, in fact, and if I stumble when I'm doing my Episcopal address, Pastor Denise, you go to the microphone and you said something. You said that if our mission is diverted, then the gospel is diluted. Brad, oh. you need to write. That's, that's, that sounds that sounds like that one might preach. That one might preach. Yeah, there, that, that, might, that might make it into the Episcopal address. I that think. might make it into I'm your just, your next book. Even. I just think that it's important for us to to push out. The positive. That's the whole purpose of this podcast, job. Because sometimes somebody may need a sign. This podcast message might be the sign you've been waiting to hear. And God loves you. Uh, Jesus Christ died for our sin. And Jesus said, "I've come not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through through Jesus Christ." Awesome, awesome. We used mentioned about being a positive uh, note. The theme of our podcast is to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trumbull. So we always like to kind of bring things around to an encouraging word. So. Denise, I would just like to ask you to synopsize a bit of what you are about right now and what is encouraging you we look forward in ministry. Uh, Brad, I think what, what encourages me the most is to see the love of people played out, the grace, the message of grace that the United Methodist Church has to offer. Uh, where I hear us the loudest and where I hear us speak the strongest is when we when we let people know that, that God loves them, but more than that, that there's a grace for them and a, and a place for them in our church, whatever their voice, whatever their gift, that we will embrace that 
And to me, that that message of inclusivity that we have here in the church is one to be celebrated. And, awesome. and that's one that I, love, that I celebrate. I love that. The primacy of grace is not, not much better than that. Matt, I'll ask you the same thing. What is a, an encouraging word did you have to share as you enter this next phase of your ministry? Well, like we tell our students, um, you know, Jesus was with his disciples every day for three years, and they still didn't get it, and he was Jesus. And so I just want to encourage everyone to uh, stay true to the path, to continue to be faithful. Jesus calls us to be faithful, know that God is with us. And as Bishop says so often, like, God loves us and there's nothing we can do about it. So uh, I just want to encourage everyone just to, to share that same love that we've received with all people. So grace and faith, those are pretty good encouraging words, Bishop. What kind of uh, encouraging words would you wrap up our conversation with? And then could you have a prayer for us, please? Absolutely. So Second Chronicles seven fourteen, from the New Revised Standard Version, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God has promised to hear our earnest prayers if we turn our face away from the world and from our own self-grandizement uh, and our own self-interest and turn our face towards God and towards the love of God and the love of neighbor, then God will certainly use us and bless us and prepare us for that which is before us. Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks and praise for the church, for the Christian church, for the body of Christ for the United Methodist Church and for all people who are seeking a sign of, of forgiveness, a sign of acceptance, a sign of love. May you be that sign through others and use us, if you will, O oh God. Uh, take us as we are and make us as you would have us to be, that we might be instruments of your grace, your mercy, your peace, your justice, and most of all, your, your love, your never-ending love. We thank you, O oh God, for these uh, two, our friends today, uh, Pastor Denise and Pastor Matt and, and Pastor Brad, that we might continue to push out the message of encouragement uh, and that we might be prepared to wake up tomorrow morning and serve the fresh bread of hope to a hungry world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. And we thank you for joining us today on the To Be Encouraged podcast, our special guest Today had been Reverend Matt Sherrill, the pastor of Youth and Discipleship at Carmel United Methodist Church in Carmel, Indiana, an incoming deacon in the United Methodist Church of Indiana, and Reverend Denise Robinson, the lead pastor at the Irvington United Methodist Church in Indianapolis, an incoming elder. This is the To Be Encouraged podcast, the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. Thanks for joining us. I just want to extend a word of thank you and congratulations to Reverend Matt Sherrill and to Reverend Denise Robinson, our guests today on To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble and myself, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. Uh, Matt and Denise are representative of the incoming class of deacons and ordinands in Indiana, and there are a number and really around the country, around the world, of new clergy taking their vows to read the scripture, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to preach the good word, and to 
administer the sacraments and to uh, order the church for mission and ministry. And uh, I just, what an incredible undertaking. And every one of these folks will have the laying on of hands by the bishop and by other elders that indicates that they are called and they are set apart to serve. It is a special moment. I know it was a special moment for myself and for Bishop Trumbull when we were ordained in the mid-1980s, and it remains the case now. And and perhaps there is just some more. There's always challenges in mission and ministry, of course, but particularly you know, we live in uh, in times that are challenging with you know disaffiliations and challenges within the church and a changing world and all kinds of things that have been mentioned here today. And I just want to say a big thank you to the representatives, uh, to Matt and Denise, who represent the new ordinance, deacons and elders coming into the, the church. And I'm going to pray for them. I know that you will as well. So thank you uh, to them being participating in our podcast here today. Let's just talk about a couple of takeaways from our conversation here today that some of the topics covered in this episode that uh, I think are are uh, vitally uh, important to what we have mentioned here. Uh, Reverend Matt mentioned a number of cases, his passion for discipleship and ministry to youth. And I have a background in youth ministry myself and in outdoor and camping ministry, and that is vital. We need to, you know, build the faith of our churches uh, in every level, including with the children and youth, and that's an important thing. Reverend Robinson, Denise Robinson, was uh, really passionate and talked about her view on not being diverted for the mission of loving God and serving others. And uh, I love her story about working through the legal, you know, legal system as a prosecutor and then living out her faith now in an urban environment. Bishop uh, Trimble talked about, you know, really a message that God's love is for all people and acknowledging the challenges in the world. We have been to face them. Go ahead and face them head on. And we do have, you know, uh, disagreements, theological and other uh, differences that we have. But as long as we focus on the gospel and maintain unity in the essentials while maintaining love in all things, we have a job to do and we are going to do it. And uh, we need to be focused on that. Some great messages to take to heart, and as we go in this transition during the annual conference season, as as new pastors take their roles in churches, not only new deacons and elders, but new but new pastors and leadership being moved to new appointments. Let's be in prayer and let's be in in uh, support of all of those new clergy taking their positions and those congregations who are receiving new pastors. Let's work together. Uh, let's work together in order to achieve the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And it begins in your local church and in your local community. The To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble is all about supporting you in the local church, supporting local church uh, clergy in order to accomplish this mission. We love you, and we're here to serve. Hope that you'll join us on the next episode of To Be Encouraged, when Bishop Trimble and I will be talking with Bishop Kenneth Carter from North Carolina about his new book, Unrelenting Grace. Until next time, good people, this is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller speaking on behalf of Indiana Area Bishop Julius C. Trimble, encouraging you to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged 
with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen, to be encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember, to listen next week to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. And never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.